Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. Danny Meringue. I found two empty bottles of a particularly decent Chateau de War Bordeaux 57 in your rubbish. Dusty Hera. You went through my garbage? This is Danny and Dusty on the Odyssey app. I find it particularly offensive that you use them to wash down an order from something called Macho Taco. And Portland's sports leader, 1080. I would never drink a Bordeaux with a Macho Taco. The fan. It was a burrito machissimo. Hour number three, Danny and Dusty with you. And I I heard Isaac Everett Rop of Primetime say, in the shadows of the Fremont Bridge. And that is a very fitting way to describe our he, new location. He workshopped that, but it, it, it really is because we you know, you get that sun east to west. Especially when we get out of here, mm-hmm. it's coming over. The, the, the shadow is definitely cast on our parking sure spot. Uh, and from the shadows of the Fremont Bridge, we now bring on... And it covers the BYU Cougars for the Deseret News as BYU is coming off a double overtime thriller against Baylor. 26-20 victors, and they are now the 12th ranked team in the country as they head up to Eugene to take on the Oregon Ducks, the 25th ranked team in the country. Jay, thanks for taking a few minutes for us. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. It's a rainy, stormy, cloudy day here in Salt Lake City, so... Uh, we're getting used, getting ready for the weather. <laughs> They're prepping for Oregon weather down there. Uh, you know, Kalani Sataki is a, is a name that so many people here are familiar with because of his, albeit short stint. Uh, he was the defensive coordinator at Oregon State before heading down uh, to BYU to take over uh, at his alma mater. Can you explain to us, because, I mean, we're seeing in a week where Scott Frost heads back to his alma mater where it takes a unique person who has a – a knowledge of how to win at that place. Uh, it It's very similar, you know, Nebraska and BYU in those regards, a rich tradition, but it has to take the right person. How has Kalani Sataki been able to kind of grab the bull by the horns and be successful so quick in his tenure as the head coach? Yeah, I think he's really capitalized on the tradition. He's uh, of Lavelle Edwards when he, the man he played for, he's uh He's really hit the Polynesian pipeline hard, which it, for obvious reasons, um, which traditionally when BYU's been good, they've had that going really well. Um, he's built a, a pretty strong culture of uh, what he calls love and learning. Um, he's a player's coach, as, as it's pretty obvious, watching him dance on the sidelines and in the locker room and that sort of thing. And then he's uh, he's recruited fairly well. He's been able to to uh, convince a lot of recruits that, you know, better days were ahead for BYU, especially with them going to the Big 12. And uh, he's improved the recruiting a lot, and, and it's all added up to a, you know, he's, ha- he's having a really good run right now. Looking ahead to, to Oregon-BYU, what kind of game are, are 
are, are, the, are Ducks fans who aren't familiar with BYU going to get into with BYU? Because I, I think if you take a look at the, the Baylor-BYU game, which was incredible, it was obviously a very strange game in that it was clean with no no turnovers, but BYU struggled uh, with efficiency, 3 of 14 on third downs. They've got a phenomenal offensive line, a couple of NFL guys. Uh, Jaron, obviously, at quarterback, had, uh, I, I wouldn't say a, a bad game, but I don't think a game that uh, a guy who has NFL aspirations was, was hopefully looking to have. Uh, but that offense looks like it's pretty loaded and looks maybe to get right against Oregon. I don't know. I'm just taking, uh, trying to frame that up for you in a way that doesn't necessarily make a ton of sense. But as far as what, what are the expectations uh, for BYU going into Oregon? Yeah, I would say expectations are high. One, one key thing about the game last week is BYU was out at, without its two top receivers, uh, Puka Nakua, a Washington transfer, former five-star receiver, and uh, Gunnar Romney, a fifth-year senior who has been their leading pass catcher each of the past several years. So um, don't know if they'll get those guys back this week. My guess is they probably won't. But uh, so in, in BYU went to the ground game against Baylor, didn't do it r- r- very successfully, only ran for 83 yards. But they protected Jaron Hall really, really well, and he was able to make just enough plays to win. Of course, now the uh, there's a lot of focus on the kicking game because they missed two field goals that would have won the game for them uh, there against Baylor and caused it to go into the first overtime and then the second overtime. But uh, expectations, I think, I think a lot of BYU fans are really, really worried about this game. Um, obviously, playing a ranked team, a very good traditional power on its own field, uh, there's a lot of worry that, that the crowd will – will have a big impact on the game, just as BYU's crowd did last week against Baylor. So the tables are kind of turned on them this week, and it will be really, really interesting to see how they handle it. Uh, um, you know, I'm, I'm not sold, but this is a, B, a number 12 team in the country. It's just kind of funny how they were unranked at the beginning of the season, <laughs> then they win two games. They they beat a number 12 uh, or a number 9 Baylor team that we really don't know how good is quite yet. And then all of a sudden they're ranked 12th. So I think the jury is still out, at least in my mind. And this game, this game uh, Saturday will will go a long, long way into telling us just how good this BYU team is. We're talking with Jay Drew, journalist for the Deseret News, covers BYU. Uh, you know, is that something that Kalani Sataki has been uh, talking with his guys in, in the assembled media about, though, is avoiding a letdown? It, it can be one thing, especially when – you come into a season, you kind of sneak up so quickly, and you rise through the ranks of unranked into the top 12. When you beat a top 10 team, is that something that uh, Sataki has been beating the drum on, that they can't lose their eye on the prize of what's coming up next? Oh, for sure. And, um, I mean, that was just an emotional, hard-hitting uh, kind of grudge match game, obviously with BYU going to the Big 12 and, and Baylor will be a future rival. And then Baylor beat them last year handily in Waco. And uh, and then as people probably saw the crowd rush the field, storm the field. Um, the, you know, as much partying as they do in Provo, I'll say they partied well into the night. So you can uh, take that with a grain of salt. But um, <laughs> And so, yeah, you're right. It's all setting up for this massive letdown. And, and obviously coaches know that. They've been through this a lot, you know, a long time. And, and they're obviously uh, guarding against that the best they can. But, but these are, you know, 19, 20, 21-year-old guys in BYU's case, 24, 25-year-old guys in some instances. And, 
and they're going to, you know, they're going to kind of do what they do. And it's really hard to, to get them juiced up emotionally for the second straight week. So that's why the coaches make the big bucks is to, to figure these things out. Speaking of making the big bucks, this is actually a money game for BYU working as an independent before they move over. And it's been kind of a, uh, a trend the last couple of weeks for some, uh, some, some money game teams to go into another team's house and kind of punch them in the face. Is, do you think that becomes a little bit of a, a talking point, a little bit of a bulletin board material, both for BYU and Oregon? It's one for BYU to continue to be one of those teams, another one for Oregon to say, look at this and go, this isn't a typical money, uh, money game type of team. Yeah, I was going to say, BYU hasn't played one of these since like 2015. Mm-hmm. Uh, they normally don't. Um, every once in a while, they'll play a couple two-for-ones. Like they, I think they play a two-for-one with USC, but but uh, for BYU not to get a return visit is really, really rare. Um, but just how I think it, this game was set up in 2015 and Oregon needed a game and uh, BYU as an independent is, has a pretty flexible schedule, you know, with 12 uh, non-conference games to fill. So it was pretty easy on their part. And, and so uh, BYU agreed to do it. Um, BYU doesn't really look at itself as an underdog or like, a so-called non-power five. It's a, or even a group of five. It's just, it's kind of a fancies itself. It's just a, a team that's on that level of a power five. Just doesn't have that label attached to it. So, um, I don't think they'll come into Austin Stadium intimidated or anything like that, for reasons that you know I already mentioned the age of the players and and also kind of how the program has matured under Sataki and has a lot of confidence in itself. So. I, I don't think uh, you're going to see that. I just think you're going to see a really good, hard-hitting, tough, clean game between two, you know, ranked teams who have really proud football traditions. You know, you mentioned earlier that Puka Nakua, uh, the Washington transfer, Gunnar Romney, who, I mean, it's it's electric to watch him play, and it's always fun uh, to watch him play at wide receiver. If those two guys who are the go-to guys for Jaron Hall aren't available how does uh, BYU attack this Oregon defense, and who should Oregon fans familiar, familiarize themselves with uh, before this game on Saturday afternoon? Yeah, it'll be another familiar name, sort of. Um, BYU lost Tyler Algier, their big-time running back to the NFL. He's now with the Atlanta Falcons. They went out and got a transfer running back from Cal by the name of Chris Brown, who's actually changed his name to Chris Brooks. And he was phenomenal in game one against South Florida, ran for over 100 yards. He was pretty much kept in check by Baylor last week. I think he ran 13 times for just barely over 30 yards. So so he's obviously the guy they'll turn to. Um, and Oregon will, will basically have to stop. If, if Oregon can stop uh, Chris Brooks, I, I think they have a really good chance of winning this game. Um, for reasons that we stated, BYU's uh, fairly shorthanded at the receiver. They did have a kid named Chase Roberts that stepped up and had over 100 receiving yards in the win over Baylor, a redshirt freshman just back from a Mormon mission. And uh, so the, the Ducks will obviously need to keep an eye on him. But um, I think it's going to rest on the shoulders of, uh, of Chris Brooks, especially if those other two receivers can't play. Jay, we really appreciate your time. Thank you so much for giving us some insight on, on the BYU Cougars. Jay Drew from the Deseret News down uh, in Utah. Thank you so much for your time. You bet, guys. Anytime. This is going to be a great game. 
And mm-hmm. it's really interesting the, what Jay says about this BYU team. They come from obscurity, not ranked in the top 25. A couple wins, especially over number nine Baylor. That vaults them all the way up to 12. How do they handle that and react to it? Got people excited. And here's the thing about this BYU team is this we, – we didn't, we didn't talk about it much, but their offensive line, they have two legitimate day one, day two offensive linemen. Like mm-hmm. they – they are very good up front. That is where this team is built. They have a uh, a quarterback who looks like he'll probably get drafted in Hall. But, again, they're missing two weapons. But Chase Roberts, he mentioned him. He was massive against Baylor. Eight catches. I think he was had like 130 yards. And he's a big kid. He's 6'4", 6'5", like 215. He is not a little slot guy. So how Oregon matches up with that kind of size on the outside will be really interesting after – Again, different from Georgia. They only have one of them. (laughs) And this is the really interesting thing about BYU. I mean, when you think of BYU, you think of like big, tall, lanky, blonde hair, blue hair, white guys. Which is their entire defense. And then polys that are just thick and stout. Let me read to you their offensive line. (laughs) 6'8", 305. 6'5", 305. Six five three twelve is their center. Uh huh. Six eight three ten at right guard. Uh huh. Six six three twenty five at right tackle, which is Kingsley Suamatia, who is an Oregon transfer yes. and a former five star offensive line. And he is not one of the NFL guys on this list. They are <laughs> very big up front. Yes. And I mean they've got some they've got some dudes, and I think that that matchup is critical, especially from what we've seen. Have been Oregon's biggest question mark mm-hmm. heading into Georgia out of Georgia, and really out of Eastern Washington as well, where they didn't get much pressure or as much. I won't say they didn't get much. They didn't get as much pressure as we thought they would in a dominant performance. This is going to be a huge test for that defensive line in that front seven for the Ducks. These guys are big up front. And that's the thing is they did a a very – he mentioned there they did a very solid job of of protecting Hall against Baylor, and Baylor has two – NFL-type defensive pass rushers, well, one pass rusher and one defensive tackle, uh, who they were able to keep Hall clean with. Yeah. So that kind of sets the bar for Oregon. If they can get to Hall, they are doing well because they, uh, that has been the biggest, for me still, defensively, their ability or inability to get to the quarterback will decide how this game goes for them. 503-250-1080 is the fan text line. Hey, water slides, not his thing. Danny and Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Dusty on the fan. Danny and Dusty on the fan. Hey, this um, is 
going to be a secret that I'm going to let the rest of the world know about right here. This song right here is the karaoke King? go-to of our producer, Jeff Rust. No. Well, with a caveat. It used to be, it was on, uh, uh, like, Thanksgiving night after, you know, leaving the parents' house and stuff and going to the one joint that was open, Rococo's. And they always had karaoke on Thanksgiving night. But yes, I'll throw down some rapper's delight. Okay. Uh-huh. When he told me that, you told me that probably over a decade ago. Russ. Oh, yeah. This was this was pre-kids and, yeah. yeah you, this was over a decade ago. He's, and I've never forgotten that because rapper's delight is a six-and-a-half-minute song. A long one. I think the full version is even longer than that. And what do you karaoke to? Is it full version? Oh, I told you guys the other day, I don't half-ass anything. I whole-ass it. <laughs> yeah, all right. And do you want to know the very first song I ever karaoke'd? No. The, the, the treasure that is Baby Got Back by Sir Mix-A-Lot. I was hoping for some, like, some Celine Dion, My Heart Will Go On. <laughs> I would pay for that one. <laughs> Just have the, the cue, the... Then Jeff Russ coming out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'll do some. I'll do some. And then doing the Neil Yeah, you know, you're, arms, you're, arms wide you're out, on yeah. top of the world. At the end, you just scream that. At the end, <laughs> I'm the king of the world. Are you when, when you karaoke? Are you more about like singing the song or the delivery, like the 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 je ne sais quoi on the stage? It depends on the song. Okay. Yeah, you know, if I'm going Sinatra, I belt that out. Okay. Uh, okay. we, still, we still have to find a place around here because there's certainly locations around here. Yeah. Yes, we should. File this under hilarious. Um, this coming out of uh, our, the state of Arkansas. So Arkansas is hosting Missouri State this weekend in a football contest between the two programs. And the head coach of Missouri State is Bobby Petrino. He's back, baby. The last time we saw Bobby Petrino in Arkansas, he was in a neck brace with road rash all over his face after riding high on the hog, crashing his Harley with his assistant on the back of it, right? We remember the fallout of that? Uh, One that you can file under, you can't make this up. It is family weekend against Missouri State in Arkansas. No. 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 <laughs> yes, the man the man who destroyed his as the coach of Arkansas makes his triumphant return on family weekend. Okay, uh now we move from that hilarious little tidbit to this one. Uh when interviews go wrong. Ryan Fitzpatrick, he will be on Thursday night football on Amazon Prime. He's a part of that pregame show. And I'm really looking forward to it because they got some big personalities on that on that pregame show. Fitzmagic, Richard Sherman. Yeah. They've got they've got dudes that are not afraid to speak their speak mind. Their mind have a great personality. Really funny people. They paid money to stock that show up. You're dang right they did. Well, Ryan Fitzpatrick is going around right now, and he is making the rounds and uh, pumping up the product. Mm-hmm. He went on the Dan Lebetard show with Stugatz, mm-hmm. and Stugatz. Stugatz did not start the interview on the best foot. Wow. 
Brian, so there were several reports last year. Now, granted, these reports came from callers into a Washington, D.C. sports radio station that you had hurt yourself last year before the season on a water slide. And I think that's like, listen, you should, probably shouldn't be doing that right before the NFL season if indeed these rumors are true. And so I just want to either find out if they're true or put the rumors to bed. Were you indeed, did your career end on a water slide? <laughs> No, I I got hurt in a game. I think everybody saw that. But I, I just, I mean, I don't know. That's you know, we're I'm I'm now part of it. I'm now part of the media. But um, I think we all, and you probably already knew the answer to that question. So uh, I know it's it's funny and light. But now you know you, you give a rumor some some more breath but it just it's silly and it doesn't make sense and no that that never happened how does ryan fitzpatrick attack a water slide is it uh head first head first head first on the belly how's this one working (laughs) we can we can move on to something else. Okay, Whoa. it's a two. Well, way to go, Stugatz. On to Cincinnati. Coming on to Cincinnati to him. I've been playing forever, and that's the line that that you cross with your water flume buffoonery. And you had to pissed off that mother. He just no commented us on the water flume. You also had to give your opinion that you shouldn't be on a water slide over there. See, like what kind of opinion is that? I see the big bowl right before the season. The big bowl. This is where you fouled it up. Fitzpatrick, you were shirtless in a Bills game recently. You have no cares. You are... Why is that the the line? Love it. Love it. I'm I'm glad we're not on Zoom right now. I'm I'm glad it's just on air. But, look, I I mean, it's not the line. It's just giving, you know, you guys are... This is like a gotcha, like... You know, no, 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 Ryan. That we're gonna give I, I swear it's not. Like no. It just doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Sorry, Ryan. We were not meaning to offend you. We didn't know that we were hitting a sensitive spot. We were just fooling around. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. Um, we, we will let you go on that note. Our apologies, Ryan. We did not mean to foul up what was otherwise a fun interview. Our apologies uh, for Stugatz being here for a couple of seconds, asking a question on behalf of the audience and uh, and offending you. We did not mean to do that. All right. Have a good day, guys. All right. I have a feeling Ryan Fitzpatrick will not be rejoining that show anytime soon. That is, seems... Look... Which is hilarious because Lebertard loves him. And... I don't think it like fit, they missed the cot fits magic on the at the wrong time on the wrong day. Yes. Like maybe like like four of his 1200 kids were like giving him a rough time or he's been hitting the press junket because he was on with PFT earlier in the day and was great. And they were they were talking about Tom Brady MFing him and how he was going to he was the M, he still believed he was the MFer. So like he was clearly in a like other stuff had come up during the day, so I think yeah, he just you can get like I mean you see it when guys are going through the the junket, it is long, yeah. and you're like, I didn't sign up for this. I don't want to deal with this crap. Who is this clown? Oh, uh, that's fantastic though. Um, so we can all just agree it. He did. He did hurt himself on the water slide. On the water right? slide. Like, you don't. You, don't yeah. you do not respond to that no. and and be like, no, yeah. At bare minimum, he, he he pulled a hammy on the water slide. Oh, come, yeah, yeah. I know. I watched the game where he got hurt, yeah. but 
Yeah, I heard on the water. You, what, what's, the, what's the dumbest way you've ever been hurt? Oh, that's a that's a long How list. much time do we have? Uh, dislocated my shoulder doing a belly slide on the dance floor one time. Finish the song, though. Finish that song. Was this uh, like a hardwood floor you were trying to penguin slide? Oh, yeah. How many drinks deep? <laughs> a lot. Okay. A lot. I just wonder, were you stone cold sober? I or? popped that thing right back. It slid right. Well, it, I didn't pop it back in. It just slid right back yeah. in, and I finished the song, and all was good the rest of the evening. Okay. I mean, uh-huh. I've also, like a lot of it is just dislocating fingers and my shoulder, like sitting down into a chair. Yeah. Just sitting down into a chair and just being like, well, there goes my arm. Like the, those sorts of things. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We don't have time for mine. I mean. That's a, it's a long list. Yeah. Well, I mean, you said the dumbest. Which one? It doesn't have to be a long story. Yeah. Uh, I, I pulled a hamstring in bed. <laughs> like, were you getting frisky in bed or no. were you just in bed? I, I had a cramp so bad it actually pulled my hamstring. Yeah. Well, that sounds about right. Yeah. That sounds about right. Literally asleep, I got yeah. hurt. Yeah. So if, you've, if you want to know how deep the record is for me, yeah. that's the dumbest. I managed to, I believe, uh, fracture my humerus chasing a rogue dog poop bag down the beach. Was the wind that strong Whoa. or it caught in the wave? No, the wind was that strong. It was an empty bag, too, but I oh, didn't want to okay. be that guy that was just letting you know trash roll down the beach. And so, yeah, I chased after it for probably a good 200 yards or so. Good Lord. You well, know, was it tra- like on a dive? Were you diving for it? Well, or? see, here's the funny part. So after several attempts of looking like Costanza trying to jump over a pothole, and and failing, which I, actually I, is one hundred percent the visual that I get yeah, in yeah, my brain. 100%. Yep, exactly. I did go for the dive, and yes, landed awkwardly, like on my side, and uh, with my arm like outstretched, and still somehow managed to. I went and had X-rays. They said they didn't find anything, but we're a year and a half later, and it still hurts and pops. So this this is a Dodgers uh, broadcaster slide situation. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I've also broke. I broke a finger bowling. Your finger stuck. Uh. You know, I was a kid, and I was waiting for my ball to come up, and I looked up at the score, and oh. when I leaned forward, in my hand went in between the ball yeah. and the ball return thing, and then it like just kept on Going. rolling and yeah. crunched that finger up. Yeah, it'll do that. That's why I tell you not to put your hand in there. I got a lot of stupid stories, uh. and then a lot of them I just don't remember. Just don't remember. Here's the thing. Most of my injuries are so bad and severe that I don't really remember the really stupid little ones. Mm. But I do I do remember the uh the hamstring one because I had never cramped before and like I had, well I shouldn't say that. I'd cramped before but like momentary, like yeah. last a second. This went on for like 20 minutes. It you was, need to drink more water. Uh, yeah, something had happened, but more yeah, water. it was it was so bad it it literally had me <laughs> in, in in actual tears. <laughs> I'm sorry for laughing at this. I sneezed on the toilet and threw up my back. Twice. <laughs> Not fun. That's, oh, that's, that's like, an awkward one. What kind of, <laughs> what kind of like traumatic experience are you having on the toilet where you're like, oh, no, I feel a sneeze coming in. <laughs> if it happens twice, you're like, oh, no. Wipe, oh, wipe, no, no, wipe, again, wipe. Again, again, <laughs> all costs, you're... You've got to pinch that thing off, and you got to stand up and like leave the room. You want me to get a you brace? You got to return to that. You know, grab the towel rack, do something. Oh man, or do you stretch every time you go to the bathroom? Yeah, I think that's the play. That's the play. You got to stretch before you go to the bathroom. You know what though? And now you mentioned the bathroom. I did tear my MCL last year slipping in the shower. So that uh, one's up there. That's too. That's actually more normal than you. People get hurt doing that all. Yeah, the time. Yeah, but I mean, until you're in a uh, naked ball on the floor. You don't know how bad it is. 
That's a visual I will not get out of my brain, Danny. Thank you for that. All right, hey, we got a new king coming. Danny and Dusty, here's Rust. This is Danny and Dusty on the Odyssey app and Portland's sports leader, 1080, The Fan. All right, 503-250-1080. Y'all got some incredible, weird injury stories. We got I dislocated my collarbone heading a beach ball in high school PE. That's assault. Heading a beach ball? I feel like that's probably a lot of leverage. Like, like that means you, real you were really shoulders down, neck up uh-huh. into that. Uh, I'm I, just going to go ahead and say that your your shoulder, your collarbone's ready to go, ready to go at that point. Yeah, I think that's one of those situations where not even just this injury. I bet you middle school, elementary, and high school. I mean, just I should say grade school PE probably has some great stories. Hmm. I got a buddy who's a elementary school PE teacher. His are more like gross, like. You know, just, I don't know, it's like throwing up and, you know, those kinds of things. Yeah. Getting bod- still violently ill. Bodily fluids. Kids yeah. getting hit so hard at dodgeball they poop themselves. That'd be a good one. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, is that, that just be, me? <laughs> that would be a heck of a one. Uh, no, but your kid's like just getting ill, like. Face. Uh, but, well, like, crunching your fingers on the scooter basketball, on the scooter boards. Scooter boards were fantastic. Mm. I loved scooter boards. We hit the slingshot one. Uh, well, you mean just like a the elastic band yeah. where you slung somebody across the Yeah, gym? Yeah, on a scooter yeah. board? Yeah. Uh-huh. That's what it is. It's called awesome. Yeah. You know what they did get rid of it at schools was the uh, the steel merry-go-round that you could spend a thousand, or spin a thousand miles an hour. Yeah. That one, that one, that was some devastating injuries. You don't see any more the pegboard to climb up. Like my, yeah. I had a really old elementary school mm-hmm. gym, so we had a cargo net that went from the very top of the ceiling yeah, all, the all the way down to the ground. Then we had, obviously, the, the rope, and then we had the pegboard. It mm-hmm. was, like, straight out of, like... Boot camp. Well, yeah, 1950s mm-hmm. Patches O'Houlihan's PE class. And out there, you were probably just a few years removed from, like, having rifle classes. Uh, there, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You weren't that far off, right? No, yeah, not that far off. Um, but not in elementary school, no. No, they're not in no. elementary school. Middle, middle school, high school for sure. Yeah, yeah. That's, well, yeah, I remember there having to be like a legitimate conversation like, okay, guys, you cannot go hunting in the morning and bring your gun your to school. Yeah. And we know you're not bringing it in. Yeah. You cannot bring it to the parking yeah, lot. You cannot have your gun in your gun rack in your truck at school. That cannot happen. Like that, kids wouldn't even think to do that yeah. now. But that well, back was then, that was a real thing. Yeah, very, several warnings were yes. given. Like you cannot bring your gun to school at all. Nice catch, Don't ever do it again. <laughs> Pretty much. Um, all right. Uh, this person dislocated their kneecap playing leapfrog. That's a hurt to the ego. Oh God. Yeah. That's yeah. that's one of the few like leg injuries I haven't done. I haven't mm. dislocated a, a kneecap. That, that sounds that sounds, that sounds yeah that sounds awful. Ooh, uh, broke my wrist doing a wrist doing a keg stand in college. The best part was an athletic training major I knew 
uh, the perfect story of what would actually cause the injury. And I told my doctors and my parents, and they didn't, they don't know to this day. So the athletic trainer said, no, just tell the doctor and your parents, this is what you did. Mm -hmm. And it'll be the same injury. Ah, that's a good cover story. Yeah, that's a great cover story. That actually inspired one for me. Uh, One of my uh, best friends and roommates in the air force on it, doing a keg stand was too drunk and uh, lost control of one hand and fell face first right into the rim. Mm. All four top teeth. Boom! Out like chiclets. Mm. Uh, that, my dad did that riding horses up in, you know, with Dan Fouts when they were in college together. They would go up into the Coburg Hills. He fell on a and they keg would, riding no, horses? No, they would ride horses, okay. and the horse, <laughs> uh, my dad had it by the bridle, and the horse jerked his head up, Ooh. knocked my dad's teeth out. Uh, his front four teeth, and they were still in like the, in the horse's horse? head. Yeah, and they had to like pluck those out, mm, and jumpers. then they had to drive back to town back in like the seventies. And all the while, my dad said he's he had like like rag in his mouth, mm-hmm. stopping the blood. And uh, he said that Dan Fouts just cracked jokes the entire time on the drive to do the you, hospital. Do you want me to come pick up that name that you just dropped? <laughs> right, right, yeah. Um, this says, I fell 20 feet from a treehouse after trying to make my homemade zipline. It sucked. Ooh, <laughs> homemade zipline. That's a, that's a faces of death video if I've ever saw one. Oh man. That sounds, that sounds, that's, that's good. That's a, that's a, that's a Darwin category award winner right there. Hey, did you just text this in? Uh, I tore my ACL, MCL, and my meniscus on an airborne jump back in Fort Lewis. Yeah, no, that's that's. What the, fort were you at? No, mine was at Benning. Benning, okay. Yeah. Different fort, same injury, yeah. and you got a hip too, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, I mean, when I blew my leg up, that was in Afghanistan. Um, but no, I mean, you. Oh, good lord! Jump school, uh, survival school, uh, Halo school, any of those, any schools where you've got that kind of stuff happening, yeah. the injuries that pile up at those schools is insane. Uh, pararescue PJs um, outside of. Uh, the, the washout rates, the highest washout rate in, in the military, uh, broken backs because they fall out of helicopters. <laughs> it, is, it, is the, it is the thing that happens to them. Golly. Yes. All right, we put a bow on this Wednesday show. Get you set for Thursday. Danny and Dusty on the fan. Danny and Dusty on the Odyssey app and 1080, the fan. Hey, we got a lot of great stories coming in. You guys get hurt uh, in the craziest ways possible. Always. Um, I like the And I appreciate that. Uh, like, this person, I actually know this sounds terrific. Go on. Doorknob to the crotch. Left hematoma that the doctor had to drain. A lady opened the car door as I was running by. Whammy. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, man, that sucks. Ooh, I had one, too. Okay, so I was riding a bike uh, when I was a kid, and I was riding a wheelie mm-hmm. and uh, lost it. on Out the back? The wheelie. Uh-huh. No. And as I crashed, the handlebars turned, and it was on my friend's bike who he didn't have, like, the cap on the end of his handlebars. Oh. So metal Ooh. handlebars Buried went in. right inside my inner thigh, mm. and I was really embarrassed. And so nobody was home. So I just went home and I limped like inside and I was like 
bleeding, bleeding profusely. Mm-hmm. I should have gotten stitches on that one. Mm-hmm. I still got a, I still got a scar on my inner thigh, and I just like realized like how close I was to being like really seriously hurt on that one. I had a couple of doozies within a couple of weeks of each other in like the second grade. I was at our after care, like you know, after school daycare, running around. Somebody stepped on the back of my foot, and I fell forward. I hit my face on the leg of a wooden bench, so I had this gigantic goose egg right over my eyebrow. Had to get stitches there. I still have the uh, scar. Fortunately, it's hidden underneath the eyebrow. And then, like, two weeks later, I wiped out on my bike, going to my friend's house. It was kind of a downhill road, uh, roughly paved with some loose gravel. And, yeah, I lost control and wiped out. Uh, Managed to break my pinky finger and my nose on that one. Needed stitches in the lip. And uh, my mom answered the, the door to my friend's dad, basically carrying my bloody carcass home. <laughs> it was I'm super sure fun. She was so happy. Yeah. The, right. the bike one reminded me of one. Uh, buddy and I were riding, riding together through through puddles uh, back by old Vos Elementary, and uh, he did the same thing where uh, the the uh, handlebars weren't yeah. capped. And he kind of like half bailed, and then he grabbed it, and like the bars twisted, he fell on top of it, and the meat in the middle yeah. of his thumb, yeah, got that bad. Literally thing. opened it up to the bone. All right, all right, nasty one. All right, cool. We got uh, gnarly injuries stories, and like you were telling that one, and I was getting queasy. So, uh, are you a coward? Good. Could you not? Could you not handle like even like the littlest like little injury things? Not not a blood guy. Well, if you think that that is a, what makes a coward, then yes, okay. I would be a coward then. Uh, but we have some news out of the world of Major League Baseball as Julio Rodriguez, the rookie for the Mariners, who's Mr. Do-Everything. He has another piece of history to add to his name. He has stolen his 25th base of the year, which making, makes him the third rookie in Major League Baseball history to join the 25-25 club. That company he is with is Chris Young of the Arizona Diamondbacks in 2007. And a guy named Mike Trout, the only other people in Major League Baseball history to be in the 25-25 club. I heard that guy's pretty good. Mm. This comes after he became the fourth American leaguer, 21 years or younger, to hit 25-plus home runs in his first Major League Baseball season. According to Alex Mayer, he joins Joe DiMaggio, Ted Williams, and Eddie Murray Mm. as the only fellers to do so. This list sounds pretty good. At 21 or younger. So... I'm just throwing this out there. Mariners might have a good one. Here's another thing. Uh, Julio's going to be blessed to come into a generation of baseball that's going to be kind to him in the sense of no more shift and uh, sped up pitch clocks and bigger bases, which means the likelihood of him being more active and on base and getting more opportunities to get more steals he may be a guy that can push for a 40-40 club, which we haven't seen in quite some time. Doing some cool stuff. Yeah, was it Alfonso Soriano? Mm Mm-hmm. Is that, is that the last one? Yeah, the last one. Before that, it was Bonds. Um, all righty. That'll do it for us on a Wednesday. If you missed our interviews, we had Jay Drew from the Deseret News previewing BYU. Uh, he joined us, not looking good for the top two receivers for BYU to, to come back for the Oregon game. So in your face, Skukinek. Uh, and we also had Ryan Horvath with the picks uh, against the spread. Check those out. Let's show up Tires podcast at 10 a.m. The Fan. Up next, primetime with Let's Get Two. Bye. I love shower thoughts. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours 
and great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is high. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.